This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Latner. From the locker room to the boardroom, Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drives results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll not only be a better person, but also a better athlete, coach, leader, parent, or spouse because of it. gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Amber Latner, and I am so excited to dive into building block number five, attentional control. We have an awesome guest, Cam McDaniel, going to be joining us just a little bit. Cam was a high school football player in the great state of Texas and then played for the University of Notre Dame, where he was on the 2012 team that went undefeated and lost the national championship game against Alabama. But Cam has some incredible insights to share with us on this topic of attentional control. And we're really going to dive in here and look at what does it mean to manage our attention and why is it so important in driving performance? So my advisor, Dr. Rick McGuire, always says, listen, the enemy is not the other team. The enemy is distraction. And if we can manage distraction, we can position ourselves to be successful on a more consistent basis. And so elite individuals in any domain, from the locker room to the boardroom to the home life, right, understand that it's about being able to place our attention on the right things at the right time. And then when things go wrong, which they will, right, because we're humans in this life, things will go wrong, being able to refocus and place our attention on the right things at the right time incredibly quickly. And so we're going to chat a little bit about this topic of attentional control to give you more of an insight on sort of how our brain works in terms of distraction, and then also some strategies that we can start to think about to really place our attention, like I said, on the right things at the right time. So question for you, can your body, your physical body be in the past? I'm going to give you 32 seconds to think about this. And my life, 32 seconds goes really quickly and time's up. No, your physical body can't be in the past, right? We don't have a time machine yet. How about in the future? Three, two, one. No, right? Our physical body cannot be in the future. Where can it be? In the present moment, right here, right now, in the present But our minds, our attention, right, our thoughts of our our attention, can they be in the past? Absolutely, right? They can be analyzing past performances. They can be questioning what we just did or that play we just made or the decision that we just passed or how we communicated that certain thing, right? And can our minds be in the future? Yes, right? They can be planning. They can be thinking about the outcome of, of the board meeting or the game, but If our mind is in the past or our attention is in the past or our attention is in the future, where is it not? In the present, right? And if our bodies can only be in the present, then at the state of performance, our brains or our attention and our bodies need to be together right in the present moment. Mind over our body, brain over our body, attention over our body in the moment to perform. There is great time 
for our attention to go to the past, right? To analyze performance. What went well? What do we need to do better? What did I learn about myself? And use that as information to, to plan and prepare right? It's great for our minds to go into the future. What's our goals? What's our objective? What's the vision here? What's my purpose? And and to to create those images so that we can build our goals, right? Based on past information, strategize and build plans and goals to achieve that future state. But then ultimately, when we're performing quotes, right? Whether that's performing uh, on in the weight room, on the court, field, ice, pool, right? In the boardroom, in our meetings, at our desk, or around the kitchen table at night with our families. You know, that moment, the moment of execution or the moment of performance, it's important for our attention to be right here. And so the challenge then is when we, when our attention goes to the past or our attention goes to the future, how can we bring it into the moment? And one of the the most incredible tools and strategies that I found comes from my dear friend Lou Holtz, right? You heard him on the intro. And he he used to call this the win principle, W-I-N, right? And that stands for what's important now. And as people, or for myself at least, as an individual who loves to win, this is an easy way to incorporate this into my life, the win principle. Every day I want to win. And how do I do that? Well, by asking myself what's important now. Because the answer to that question is always to where our attention should should be placed in the moment to execute. So coach gives the example, you know, he would he would work with his guys all the time, you know, and ask him what's important now. And he would ask them sort of globally, you know, it's January. So what's important now, right? Our goal is to win a national championship, but it's January. So what's important now that we're in the weight room getting bigger, faster, stronger, right? Our goal is to win a national championship, but it's September first game of the season against Navy. What's important now that we come out strong and we win. Okay, it's a Saturday night. We just had a big win against USC. Our goal is to win a national championship, but what's important now? That we go out on a Saturday night and make really great decisions so that everybody can show up on Monday and get back to work in preparation to achieve the goal. Now let's say it's the first snap of the first down of the national championship game. What's important now? That I do my job and execute my task. And so this this win principle can be applied broadly to our lives, You know, when I was doing my dissertation, what's important now that I sit down and write so that I can achieve my goal of becoming a doctor and and being able to teach others this incredible stuff that we're learning. But this is important for me to be able to get to the next step. And then I used it this morning and get out of bed, right? What's important now? that I make my bed and start the day with a W, right? There's a lot of things that can go wrong throughout the course of a day. But if I make my bed in the morning, I know I at least got one in the W column. And so from broadly to how we organize our lives and different seasons of our lives and understanding what's important for us to be doing in these different seasons to the day-to-day moments that we have, this win principle is a great strategy to help us draw our attention into the present moment, right over our bodies to execute the task before us, knowing that if we execute in the moment, day by day, moment by moment, win the moment, win the day, eventually that's going to lead us into winning, quote unquote, or achieving the goals that we have in our lives, in our businesses, in our teams, in our families. 
So attention is an interesting thing, right? There's there's various domains of attention. We talk about internal or external or broad or narrow, different attentional domains in, in the work that I do or the workshops that I lead. But I want to talk just, just about one of those today and looking at sort of the internal external domain of attention. And that simply means that our attention can be placed internally. And those are things inside of us, right? Our muscles, our fatigue, our thoughts, our emotions internally directed our attention to analyze those elements or externally placed. And those are any, that's anything outside of our bodies. And so again, if we think about attentional control and managing our attention wisely, it's about placing our attention on the right things at the right time. At the point of execution, let's say um, for a kicking a PK in soccer, a penalty kick, right? At the point of execution, having my attention placed externally is going to be more helpful than me than having my attention placed inside of my head where I might have some chatter thinking, do you think she's going to guess where you're going to place the ball? How are you going to kick it? Don't pull your head up. Right? That internal attention can really distract me from placing the ball in the bottom right corner every single time. Right. And so a question that I often ask people is, how do you tend to be distracted? Because people have a tendency to be more internally distracted or more externally distracted based solely on their individual personality and and who they are as a person. And so helping people identify, well, what typically distracts me? Because what distracts me is very different than what distracts you. And so before we can manage distractions, we have to identify what it is that distracts us. And one general way to start thinking about that is, am I more internally distracted by the thoughts, feelings, uh, questions, or, or verbiage running through my head? Or am I more externally distracted by other people, by you know, by pressure situations, I guess that could be a combination of internal and external, depending on how you process it. But again, you know, by fans, by peers, etc. And so, you know, first we identify, am I more internally, externally distracted, and then ask myself, well, what's important now, in that moment for me to pull my attention back into the present and place it on the right thing. If if thinking about all the questions that are running through my head is not helpful for me to to execute right now. Well, then where and onto what do I need to place my attention externally? And what we found is that by placing that attention externally, it tends to help manage some of that anxiety that we feel from a performance standpoint. Others, again, are very externally distracted. They're they're more concerned and, and get easily thrown off track by wondering, you know, what's my girlfriend thinking up there in the stands at my hockey game tonight or externally distracted by the score versus really drawing it into themselves and focusing on their breathing on placing their eyes on the right visual cues and really just drawing it into themselves so that they can stay in the moment and execute. So whichever side of that you're on, it's neither right nor wrong, better or worse. It's simply, again, we have to identify and be aware, right? This goes all the way back to building block number one. We must be aware before we can enhance. We must be aware of the things that tend to distract us and be aware of how our attention works. That is, we can direct it into Internally, or we can direct it externally. And at the point of execution, what's important now, that's where we need to direct that attention so that we can execute. Because here's the thing, our brain weighs about two to three pounds, but it uses 20% of our body's energy. Think about that. I mean, your, your quads and your hamstrings and your glutes, right, are these big muscle groups that weigh more than your brain. 
but your brain uses 20% of your body's energy. And so we need to be very cognizant about how we manage our attention so that we don't exhaust ourselves, right? If, you, if you've ever taken a big test or had to sit down and review a large document and, and sort of pour over the details for hours, right? When you're done, you're exhausted and you think, I didn't even do anything. Why am I so tired? <laughs> you know, I remember going home from college after finals. And I just get home and sleep for a full day. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Well, our minds are exhausted and they've spent a lot of energy really focused and really locked in. And so we have to be wise about where we are allowing our attention to go and the things that we are placing our attention on because it will drain us and we will then not have the the energy and, and passion to go forth and be our best selves in these different situations and scenarios that we find ourselves. I worked with a golfer one time. You know, and one of her strategies was that, you know, she, she'd pick her club, right? She'd pick how she was going to hit the shot. And then as she would approach the ball, she'd get more and more focused and locked in and her attention would narrow and she'd stand over the ball and she had her, her, she'd lock on to the ball for at least two seconds. And then she'd have her verbal cue. And then she'd execute the swing and be fully locked in, attention focused, concentrated. And as soon as she hit that ball and and the shot was done, she'd hold her follow through. Then she'd put the club down. She'd walk back to her bag, put the club in. As soon as she put the club in her bag, she'd just sort of disconnect. And she wouldn't even think about golf. She called it, I'm going to my beach. (laughs) And she would go to her beach and chill and relax a little bit. And as we'd approach the ball, now all of a sudden, She starts narrowing her attention again, locking back in, seeing her shot, picking her club. And as she approached the ball, she locks back in. Golf's a really long game. It's exhausting. Some people don't do good at managing their minds throughout the course of a game. And so this little attentional strategy can be helpful for keeping you engaged. And then when it matters, that is when you stand over the ball and actually hit hit your you, you know, your, your swing or what, how you're trying to direct the ball and move it right in that moment, you need to be ready to go. And so by managing your attention throughout the course of a game or a practice is really, really important. You know, I've got a football coaches that I want my guys focused, locked in hundred percent of the time, all the time. Well, that's not always feasible. Okay. Our brain can't really do that. And our brain's smart. Okay. So what it tends to do is, all right, I know I can't be a hundred percent locked in the whole time. So I'm just going to sort of be locked in and then, and then, you know, I'll figure it out when the time comes. Well, that's exhausting, right? Because you're sort of half in half out. And then when the time comes where you need to be locked in, right? It's third and long and you've got to go up and catch that ball. You've got to be ready to be locked in to execute and focus all the way through the play. And so by learning to manage our attention throughout the course, again, of training or or preparation or competitions, we're going to be better able to lock in that attention on what's important now in the moment when we need to actually deliver. One phrase that I, I want you to start thinking about is you give power to what you focus on. Literally, what we know is that we give power to where we place our attention and that grows. And so this happens physically and sort of experientially, right? So physically, what we place our attention on grows in our brain. So we talked in in episode one about how thoughts work and how thoughts generate protein patterns in our brain, right? That's that's where we're placing our attention, this, these thought patterns, and they build mindsets, right? And so it's literally growing in your brain and giving power to what you're thinking about, good or bad, 
And that's why it's so important. That's why every thought matters because it's growing in our brain and we're giving power to that. But let's think about this experientially. You're outside, right? You're working in the yard, let's say, or you're out at practice in the summertime and you're like, wow, it's hot outside. And then you start thinking like, wow, it's really hot outside. Whoo, it is hot out here, right? And, and it seems to get hotter because it does. Your internal body temperature will actually be rising in those moments because you're giving power to how hot it is outside. Athletes, right? Or anybody that's worked out, you've gone a lo- done a leg day and you're thinking, wow, my legs are tired. I don't know if I can do these, these bridges at the end of practice. Right, you know where you lay on your back and you drive up on your squeeze your glutes and your hamstrings and and you hold up in that bridge form and you're thinking, oh, my legs are so tired, they're so tired. That's really hard to hold. But all of a sudden, if we start thinking, okay, drive through my heels, my glutes and my hammies are strong. Well, now we're starting to give power to what makes us great. Listen, I'm about 5'3", a buck 25, and I played center midfield in, in soccer, right? Typically, that's a bigger girl, taller, more stature in the middle of the field. If I walked out on the field and, and looked across and saw who I was going against it, you know, 5'8 or 6 foot, and they're like 150, 160, and I'm thinking about, wow, she's big. Wow, I bet she's got some ups too. I'm giving power to her. That's not where I want to get my power. I'm going to give my power to myself. Yeah, she might be tall, but when she goes up for that air ball, I'm going to sort of go down a little bit. She's going to come right over my back and she's going to get a call. We get the ball. I'm going to place it right in the top of the 18 and I'm going to let my forward take care of business, right? I'm giving power to what makes me great. We have to learn to place our attention on the things that make us great, our strengths, where, where we tend to be really, really great, where our team is really great, what our mission is. If we start focusing on our mission and, and placing our attention on, on our mission and on our traits of excellence that we're establishing and building, now all of a sudden, these are the things that we're giving power to and they will grow and they will manifest in our lives and in the trajectory of the goals that we're trying to achieve in this world. So I just want to encourage you to give power to what makes you great and don't give your power away. There's so many things in this world vying for your attention right? Vine for to, to take away your greatness. And we have to be very intentional about managing our minds and, and placing our attention on the things that are important, on what's important now for us as an individual, for our team, as, as we approach our mission, our vision, and our goals. And then those things will grow. They will take root. And that's what's going to propel us forward to achieve everything that we're setting out to do in this world. Again, give power to what makes you great. A lot at you, a ton of information. I get incredibly passionate about this topic because it matters. Our thoughts matter, our attention matters, and ultimately where we place our attention is going to manifest in our lives. There's things grabbing for our attention all the time, and we got to learn to, to cut away the distraction and lock on to the things that are important now so that we can achieve our goals. We're going to welcome Cam McDaniel onto the show here in just a second and get his insight and wisdom as a man, as an athlete, as a father. And, and really see what he has to say about the importance of managing attention and attentional control. All right, ladies and gentlemen, well, I am so blessed, honored, excited to welcome to the show, Mr. Cam McDaniel. Cam, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, Amber. How are you doing? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us. We're excited to, to chat with you today. Of course, it's my pleasure. 
All right. Well, let me give you a little bit of intro on this incredible guy. So Cam Cam comes out of the great state of Texas. I think they like to say the best country in the United States. Um, right. But in but in high school, Cam was 2010-2011 Ford High School Player of the Year, again, out of Texas, which is huge. So Coppell High School out there in Texas, where he's also a Landry Award finalist and also named Texas Christian Athlete of the Year. I think that's just a testament to sort of the, the breadth that Cam brings to the table as a man, as an athlete, as a Christian, and now as a husband and a father. So he and Steph have been married for three years. They have a beautiful little two-year-old Emery um, that, you know, sort of bridging the gap between who he was in high school and who he is today. But, you know, when he was in high school, over 3,000 all-purpose yards. Um, he's got some awesome YouTube videos. So any of you high school athletes out there that are really looking for a great role model, um, check the episode notes. We're going to have some links to those YouTube videos of Cam playing. Uh, and that sort of served as his um, life before coming to the University of Notre Dame, where um, he ser- he was played running back for, for Notre Dame and in 2012 was named MVP in the Oklahoma game, which was the same year that, that you guys went to the national championship. Undefeated, went to the national championship game against Alabama. And so Cam, just a critical element of that season and that team in general. Um, for the 13-14 season, he was the team leading rusher and for 2014-2015, served as team captain for the Fighting Irish. Again, just incredible leader on and off the field. And currently playing for the Montreal Alouettes and in Montreal. And so, Kim, we are so excited um, to just talk with you today about building block number five, attentional control. Again, um, Cam is is an athlete, a husband, a father, a businessman. And so managing attention between all of these different elements is going to be just a pleasure to learn from you today. To get us kicked off, Cam, um, I had the opportunity to do mental performance training with Cam several years ago, and I still vividly remember a story that you shared about um, receiving an opening kickoff and just what that experience was like from an intention, attentional control and a focus perspective. So if you could, could you share that story with our listeners and just really bring us into the moment of where you were, um, everything going on in that moment and how you managed a, your attention through that experience? Uh, yeah, of course. No, I think the, the story that you're referring to is, uh, is when I was back back about to return uh, opening kickoffs for the first time at Notre Dame and um, and really just just being in the environment of a real you know big time college football um, atmosphere uh, you know your whole life you dream of um, as a little kid of playing you know schools like you know the University of Oklahoma USC Stanford um, you know being in these big time settings and then it was finally there and uh, you know you I got to admit, you know, when you first when you first uh, encounter that situation or you are allowed to experience that opportunity for the first time, it kind of blows you away. (laughs) Um, But I think there's a few a few things that helped me out with um, in regards to focus um, in that situation. And, And one of them was actually, you know, being able to play in Texas high school football was was definitely an advantage because our games were. Our games were big time there, and uh, you know we had, you know sometimes twenty plus thousand you know people at the games, wow. and so it wasn't wasn't quite you know eighty thousand people, but you know it was still still big moments, and um, and so I think that that was definitely uh, definitely a little bit of an advantage if you were to read Malcolm Gladwell's 
uh, outliers, you might get a little bit more of a feel for, you know, why that would be the case. Um, and then two, uh, I really just believe that I, I had this sense of knowing that this is what I prepared, uh, pretty much since, I mean, really fourth grade, I can remember, you know, doing intentional training to get to this point and knowing that it was there, I knew that I was prepared and I knew that I was ready. And that, that's what allowed me to be focused. I knew that the preparation that I had, um, that I had put in at that point, mm-hmm. quali- qualified me to be there in that moment. That's awesome. And I love your reference uh, to preparation, right? And the impact that that can have just on our ability to focus, right? Because it sort of strips away all of the questions that that internal dialogue and chatter of are you ready? Is this really your moment? Or, or are you going to biff it, right? All those questions that can run through your head. And, and yet preparation and knowing that yes, I have put in the physical, technical, tactical, mental training that it takes to be here, and being able to quiet all of that and really just lock in a, of that moment of execution. So take us take us there, put us in your body. What were you seeing? What were you hearing? What were you feeling? And then you see the ball go up in the air. Walk us through that play. Yeah. So, uh, so before the, before the actual opening kickoff, if you've ever been to, um, if ever been to a fighting Irish football game, uh, we play dropkick Murphy at the beginning and everybody just goes nuts, including the, uh, <laughs> Including the opposing team because they, I mean, they, 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 they know that they're in a special environment. I mean, there's just no, no other way to put it. They know that, you know, when you come to the University of Notre Dame and you come play, uh, you know, in the land of the Golden Dome, they know that there's something just, there's historical significance there. There's, you're going to be playing against a, you know, a team that's going to give you, you know, a real fight. Um, you're in, you're just, you're really a part of history and you feel that. Um, and so there's a lot of emotion, you know, that swells up in that moment. And, uh, and it's good. I feel like to use that emotion, you know, to your advantage. Um, and for me, I'm not necessarily one of those guys that believes, you know, don't be too high, don't be too low because people are very unique and different in the way that they prepare for a game. Absolutely. And so, you know, for me, I was like one of those guys that, I was I was listening to classical music before games, uh, thematic music before games, and so by the time I got out there on the field, I was you know I was I, I had been calm and collected, and I was ready to um, to be a little bit you know fired up for that moment that that kind of initial moment of like okay we're going into battle now, and that's where my mindset um, you know shifted at that time where I walk out on the field. And, and I allowed myself to kind of, to have that emotional experience. And Mm -hmm. then when that ball is kicked off, um, after, after kind of perceiving my surroundings and just, and, and watching, um, seeing, you know, how the opposition lines up for kickoff and, um, just kind of going through, uh, you know, your checks as an athlete, you know, what you're supposed to be prepared for and just the awareness of the game going on around you once that ball's kicked off everything pretty much becomes instinctual after that. Uh, honestly, there's not a lot that goes through your head other than, you know, catch the ball, um, and then go make a play. Right. And, you know, once that ball is in my hand, it, it is completely instinctual. It's, it's second nature. Um, cause I've done it so many times. I know 
what it's like to have the ball in my hands, um, what I need, what I need to do and how I need to execute and, you know, what my objective is. And my objective is to get the ball in the other end zone. (laughs) Absolutely. That great, great story. And what I love most about this, Cam, is you really teed us up for, you know, building block five, right, of attentional control. And so as you can see in Cam's Cam's story of that, what what did he mention? He mentioned awareness, right, which was building block number one and being aware of everything going on around you internally, externally, um, what situation is, what the opposing team is doing and the importance of that. And then this sense of motivation, right, of understanding that you're connected to something way bigger than this. And this is a huge opportunity and that drives you. And, and then, you know, we moved into building block three, which was confidence, right? And that you've prepared total preparation leads to leads to, to greater confidence. And then finally, in intensity management and finding your zone, which was we, we talked with Dr. Pat Ivey on, and in which leads us then to building block five of attentional control. And we can start to see how all of these things are integrated for elite performers. And so thank you for giving us a great summary. I think of everything that we've talked about on the podcast so far. Um, <laughs> Because again, I think it helps our listeners see how all of these things are connected and how they build on yeah. one another. And and then how that leads us again to this place of being in the moment at the point of execution and learning how to manage our attention to drive performance. And so, you know, Cook's model of concentration, David Cook, he's an incredible guy actually out of Texas. Um, and he has a book called The Sacred Journey of Golf that I recommend to anybody. But at the base of his model of, competi- of, of concentration is trust, right? And that, you know, we observe, we strategize, you know, we see it, and then we we ultimately trust that moment to, to execute and deliver. And so, you know, your example and story of that was a powerful way to help us see how that manifests. Earlier, Cam, we talked a little bit about distraction and how some people are more distracted by internal things, thoughts, feelings, emotions, uh, doubts, anxieties, etc. Others are more externally distracted. If you had to say where you tend to be more distracted internally or externally, how would you describe that for yourself? Um, I would say 100% it's been internal for me my whole life. Uh, I've always been one of those guys that um, when I receive criticism from a coach or from anybody, um, I'm the biggest critic of of myself sometimes. Um, In the past, it's been a huge mistake of mine. so, you know, I would say to any listener out there, um, it's okay to, to, to be a bit distracted um, sometimes internally or externally, but, but being able to hone in and focus on um, not, only, not only the objective, because the objective's, you know, great. And, and, and obviously, you know, that's, that's what you're there for, like as an athlete and you're trying to win, but I mean, you're never going to be fully effective until you're able to really harness, you know, your personal confidence. Um, you, you just have to be able to get to that place to where um, even if you're battling with something internally, as, for example, as a running back, when you fumble football, um, you know, that's one of those things that will eat you up mentally. I mean, it's just like right. you, you just – it's it's one of those things you know like just isn't acceptable and you can't do it but guess what like it happens sometimes like it, it just sometimes it's it's virtually unavoidable you know if a guy puts his helmet on the football like at the right place at the right time you know just by law of physics like 
you're not going to be able to hang on to it. Now, for me, that's never, that's still never been an excuse, and <laughs> and I mean, it shouldn't be for any anybody carrying the football because you have, I mean, it, it not only the hopes and dreams of you know your your teammates, which is what matters most, but the hopes and dreams of you know for for me, you know, playing at Notre Dame, it was millions of fans out there. <laughs> that, that I mean, there's literally that's the magnitude of what that football represents. And so um, that's when it becomes a real like internal battle. And for me, um, it, it was something that, um, that I, I've still, even to this day, you know, I've been working on, you know, managing that and making sure that um, you just cannot be too critical, you know, of yourself and making sure that, uh, that confidence resides even when, you know, you're going through those internal struggles and you're able to continue to, to keep that focus. And there's ways to do that. And, um, what's one, I'm what's sure, one way that you have found helpful for you to manage yeah. that internal chatter a little, little bit? Yeah, I would say for me personally, it is just, uh, it's, you actually gave me an acronym one time. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, it was win and it was, um, from Lou Holtz and, and that acronym stands for what's important next and, uh, or what's important now. Right. Um, and I really feel like that, that I've kind of carried that with me, you know, since that time we, we were in the con, we were working, uh, together before my combine and, uh, or my pro day. And that's something that it really, it's really stuck with me um, because I, it also helped me remember um, something else that my favorite author, C.S. Lewis, said um, in one of his books, The Great Divorce. Uh, said there was, there was a character in the book that said, this moment contains all moments. And I think that that's, that's a really profound statement because it really gives you a sense of, you know, how not only sports works, um, because in any given moment, if you if you don't believe me, just you know go, go uh, watch this last Super Bowl again. You know mm-hmm. things can things can absolutely turn around uh, in an instant, and all the momentum, all the uh, the energy of your team, everything can just turn around based off of one person's actions and how they respond to adversity. And I think a lot of that happened. Um, even in this last Super Bowl with Tom Brady and the way that he responded and how his team saw him respond after he threw that pick six. So, um, you know, being able to know that, you know, no, no moment is really like is, is the defining moment until the end of the game. And so you have to make every moment count that you possibly have. And so when those internal, when that internal chatter begins to come, I just am able to turn it off by saying, okay, um, whatever happened has happened so far and it's up to me and it's my responsibility to make sure that I'm ready, um, mentally and emotionally to do what's necessary, um, for the rest of this game. 
Wow, Cam, that's powerful. Thank you very much for sharing that. I think that, you know, this this sense of being able to share sometimes where we struggle a little bit, but also where we're becoming more than conquerors in um, is yeah. really helpful for other people. And so uh, thank you for sharing that. Because again, we see you, um, we watch you train, we we hear you on interviews, we read, we read about you, right? But a lot of people see just you know, the out the outcomes that you're getting and, and the incredible life that you're leading. And to know, though, the discipline and the struggle and the commitment to daily habits of excellence that you've embedded into your life to get there is the important part, right, of that process. And how do we manage all of these things going on around and within us to show up and deliver um, on a consistent basis in and out of sport, in and out of business, um, and, and within our families. And so that that leads me into this, this next phrase of you give power to what you focus on. And so we talked earlier a little bit about the scientific effects of this, right, and what's happening in terms of you give power to what you focus on. But what does that phrase mean to you? And and how perhaps has that impacted your life, again, as a man, as a husband, as an athlete, as a professional, however you want to, you know, organize or share your story around that? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's an, that's an incredible question, uh, not only for sports, but life in general. And I think that Anybody listening to this call right there or this podcast right now really needs to understand the significance of um, of how your mind or how your your brain responds to you know what you give power to. I mean, it really does in a and really an empirically proven way. I mean, they have they have studied this scientifically and have shown now that um, when you're focusing on a particular thing. And that thing is negative. There is a physical effect in the brain. Um, and when you are focusing on things that are positive, there is a physical effect in the brain, mm-hmm. and what it does to your neural passageways, and and how it allows those to fire in a way that um, is advantageous to you and your success is a lot of that's kind of um, really bad. Uh, psychology jargon i guess but just getting it's <laughs> getting, wonderful i love it <laughs> so, so, stuff stuff that amber would be able to explain way better than me um but at the same time there's so much truth to the fact that you know you cannot you can't this is an undeniable thing this is an undeniable you know fact that when you um, place your thoughts feelings and emotions and um and negativity, whether wherever that is, um, it's going to have a physical effect on your brain, which is going to physically you know, affect your body. You're going to have a physiological response that's negative. And and so for me, uh, growing up, I've kind of I've had the privilege of being around um, enough people that are just kind of champions in life that I've been able to hear this, um, you know, from at an early age. I've picked up more and more of it as I've gone, and that's kind of what you just have to do in life. Even when you hear something over and over again, you you kind of begin to understand it uh, with more systematic knowledge mm-hmm. as you as you hear it over and over again. And that's why, you know, I I consistently place myself in situations where I'm able to reinforce, uh, you know, positive mindset habits and. And I really, there, some people call, you know, sports psychology mental performance. And I think that that's a real thing because you have to train it. 
And just like any other athlete that goes into the gym, um, you know, wherever you think of it this way, if you go into the gym and you do arms all the time, you know, that's where you're going to, that's where you're, you're demonstrating your power. And so that's where you're going to get your results. And the same thing with the mind or, or your lack of, say you go into the gym and, um, and, and you are, you know, only doing arms and not doing legs. Well, obviously you're not going to get the results in your legs that you want. And in fact, you know, there could be some serious, um, there can be serious issues of to only doing, you know, upper body lifts and not lower body lifts and what that could do to your tendons and ligaments and, mm-hmm. and joints and everything going on down below your waistline. Um, and the imbalance there because, you know, the, the human body works in such a way to, to where, uh, balance is a, is a key element. And, and so, um, I know that that kind of got off on a tangent a little bit, but, uh, I really, I think that analogy is important because it, it really sheds light on, you know, that our brain is something that we need to consistently train right. <laughs> to consistently. Like it's got to be something that we work out and we have to be able to, um, we have to be able to understand that it, it is the most important asset that we have as an athlete, as a human being, um, you know, besides our heart, which gives us life. Um, you know, our, our mind, our brain, um, what's, what's literally going on, uh, physically inside of our brain, uh, has so much to do with how we perform as an athlete and you reinforce thoughts, feelings, and emotions based off of, you know, what you spend time, you know, thinking about. Awesome. That's so good. So good. And I think that you're an incredible example, Cam, of giving power to things that make you great, right? And that it get, position you to be successful and to have the impact and the influence in this world that, that I think you know you've been created and called to, to have in this world. And so not allowing temptations or distractions of this world to thwart or take away that power, right? And so, yeah. again, as we learn to focus on the things that, that make us great and our strengths and our mission and our vision – we give power to that. And and as we give power to those things, like you said, it dissipates power of things that could distract us, right? Or negate us from our goals and our mission. So, you know, if you have any final thoughts, just sort of on, again, giving power to what makes you great in this world, we'd love to hear that too. Yeah. No, the last thing I'll, I'll say about that, Amber, is, um, is really from an early age, uh, I don't know why or how, but I had this understanding that, and I think this was a really, uh, this was from my parents um, a lot, and being able to be around you know people that were just absolutely world class people, um, and just being extremely fortunate in that regard because I know not everybody you know gets that. But the cool thing is, if you're on this call, you have an understanding that. Um, you know, what you feed your mind is important. What you feed uh, your brain is important. Those are, those are things that, like I said earlier, like they can't be denied. And at an early age, I kind of understood this process to um, at least a little bit. Um, as a, even as a fourth grader, I just remember thinking uh, when I was, you know, doing a little bit of 
I was doing some specific training that was literally preparing me to be, uh, I mean, I've always wanted to be a professional football player um, playing in the NFL. And I was training as a fourth grader in some ways to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just knew that not every fourth grader was thinking like that. I mean, fourth graders had dreamed of playing in the NFL and, you know, there were these kind of far-fetched, you know, things that they really didn't fully believe in, but I believed I was, I was a hundred percent on board. And so when other kids were, you know, indoors, like playing video games and stuff like that, I was, I was outside. I was doing, I, I was, I remember reading biographies on Barry Sanders and Walter Payton, you know, learning, um, learning how they, uh, you know, did what they did, what their childhoods were like. Um, and, and that didn't take away from my childhood experience at all. That's the thing that I think people fear the most is even mostly like middle schoolers and high schoolers, especially high schoolers. Right. They, they think that to sacrifice the things that, you know, most people do, like if you put quotations around like most people, um, <laughs> you know, doing, doing the things that, uh, are just really dumb and irresponsible and, um, and, and parents really kind of reinforce this with their whole attitude of, well, they're just going to have to learn the way I did, which is bogus. I mean, it's absolute bogus because guys, if you're a young, if you're a young person right now, you should be able to learn from the mistakes of your parents. So I want, I want you to like, really take note of that um don't repeat the same mistakes your parents did you know just don't and um if your parents haven't ever been transparent with you about their future you know get them alone and ask them you know what was your experience like uh whether it's positive or negative take the good things and implement them take the bad things and make sure you avoid them you know like the plague i mean just (laughs) just stay away from them and, and just know like hey you know my parents tried this it failed um, it's basic, uh, it's, it's, it's just logic. Um, and then if you're a parent, if you're somebody that, you know, has kids already, I would really encourage you. And just as I will, uh, with my daughter one day, I'm going to be very transparent about, you know, my past and my wife's going to be very transparent about her past and, and how, um, and how we came to, uh, how we came together, you know, our experience as, a as, as middle schoolers and high schoolers and what, what we really did well and what we feel like we could have done better. And our daughter's going to have that as, as really ammo to prepare herself, um, for her future and what she wants to do or what she wants to accomplish. And then where, you know, I can't give her answers. I'm going to make sure that she has, you know, people in her life that, you know, she when, when when she's asking questions and I don't really have the answer, I'm going to make sure that there are people surrounding, you know, me and Stephanie that can help her with that and can help um, can help give her the advice that she needs to um, to really find find her her purpose and her destiny in life and to um, to relentlessly pursue it and then cut out all the distractions because that's what it's about, you know. You cut out all the distractions that uh, are between you and your destiny. You just, when you really want something bad enough, you learn how to do that, and um, and that's the difference between you know people that that really do it and achieve 
um, achieve at a high level, but also are, 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 can, can be satisfied with it because that's, that's another thing that I won't go into, but, you know, learn how to be appreciative of the journey and not just because you can read about numerous athletes and numerous, um, numerous people that have accomplished great things and are not happy with their lives. But the appreciation of the process, I believe, keeps that um, keeps that enemy of depression at bay. And so, always be thankful, always appreciate the process, and you know, learn, 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 learn from uh, the people around you and their experiences, so you don't have to repeat the same um, the same silly mistakes as they did. Thank you for sharing that, Cam. I think that was really, really insightful on a lot of levels. Um, and I think that tees us up well for for another question. If we're coming up on pro days, right? We're coming up on combines for all these young guys out there that do have dreams of playing at the next level beyond college. And so you've been through that. I mean, what advice and wisdom and insight can you offer these guys that are prepping for pro days and combines across the country? Um, and I know that for our listeners, this is specifically going to be about pro day and combine prep, but I know that we've got business people, um, mothers, fathers, uh, community leaders listening. And so although he's going to share wisdom and insights on pro day, think about how this applies to your world right now. You've got a big day coming up in some capacity. And, and so take Cam's wisdom and insight and apply it to your specific situation. But again, Cam, what can you tell our guys out there prepping? So yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Amber, because um, actually I'm, I'm going to be preparing for, you know, my debut in April uh, with my team's mini camp, just like I would my pro day. And so I'm going through one of those scenarios right now to where, you know, I do have a big day. And so, um, like you said, <laughs> people in all facets of life out there have um, those big day moments, you know, coming up and, you know, preparation for that big day is, is pivotal i mean is it's what it comes down to because you want to have the confidence at the end of the day that you have prepared and you've prepared well and so you know what i would what i would definitely recommend is um is that you continue to train mentally uh for whatever that is i mean if you're an athlete and you're training for the combine training for pro day you have to be mentally prepared to go through um, to go through the, what you're about to go through, because, you know, once you do your pro day or once you do your combine and you do well, you know, you're most likely going to get an NFL shot. And that, that's where the real test begins. I mean, that is, that's where you have to be a mental giant. You have to be able to take everything that, um, not only everything that you've done physically, are you pre- prepared physically? Because most likely, like if you're training for the NFL Combine or you're training for Pro Day in some way, you're with somebody that's going to have you, you know, ready and prepped physically. The major difference, and you just just go ahead and look at some of, you know, the best athletes out there right now. It's not. I mean, you look at Steph Curry. Like, there's nothing about Steph Curry that <laughs> separates him physically from anybody else in the NBA. From what I've seen. I mean, I've watched. I don't even watch basketball and I watch Steph Curry just because he's fun to watch. And, but that dude is mentally one of the sharpest cats I've ever seen. I mean, I mean, if you're shooting, um, around the 90% range 
uh, for free throws. Um, and I know he's above that. I mean, you are just you're mentally locked in. So that's a guy that you know I I watch and I learn from, um, and I just see the way that he just goes about his business and. And he's got a, it seems to me from just the outside looking in, I'd love to meet him one day, but he's got great balance between his family, um, between his work and, you know, between even, even his friends and the way he goes about that. And so for you, it's, it's important to, um, to find, to find that balance, navigate it, and then just understand that psychology is the, is the most important part of preparation i mean it's just i don't understand why uh you know we don't start psychology when we're in kindergarten because when you look at you know how people how people uh approach the world um psychology i feel like is one of the most advantageous um sciences to understand when going about your when going about your daily routine, I mean, just life, interacting with people, and um, and then at the, at the end of the day, with your trade, you know, whatever that may be, um, you've got to be able to to be at a spot to where you feel you know confident and prepared, and that's that's I think for an athlete, that's the most important part of uh, sports psychology is just the fact that you. You know that you know that you know that um, that you are enough, um, that your preparation has been enough, that um, when you when you're on the stage, that you're capable and ready, you know, to do um, what you've been trained to do because you're different and you have the mental intangibles that are going to allow you to uh, execute those things effectively. And, you know, that's, that's what I believe separates, uh, separates some of these guys that are, you know, combine freaks and combine fanatics and guys that can run the four fours and the four threes consistently, um, but can't produce on the field. Um, at the end of the day, like you got to be able to produce and to produce, you have to have a mental aspect, uh, about you that has a championship mindset. And, um, you know, that's why we're on this call right now. Absolutely. Right. That, that terms of preparation, we do all this physical, technical, tactical training and, and you can be physically fit, right? You can have that body like a Greek God. Technically you can be sound and, and tactically even you could be smart, right? But mentally, if you don't have those mental skills to get all of the physical, technical, tactical training out, ultimately you're going to crumble in those moments where it's time to step up and deliver. And, and Cam, again, I just want to say thank you for your time today um, and your wisdom and your insights on what it means to have that mental element to everything you do uh, on the field, in training, in your family, with your business. Um, and so the final question that I have that I would just love for you to share with our listeners, again, the title of the podcast, like you said, is Building Championship Mindsets. And we're trying to allow our listeners to build the right mindsets that are going to allow them to take that next level in whatever their craft or trade is. And so from your perspective, what is your mindset on attentional control? Yeah, so I think an attentional control um, it goes back to a lot of things that we've already discussed, um, and that, and that really is just the ability to, um, to be like 
focus. That's our that's this block five. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the ability to um, to overcome like the distractions and the internal or external chatter. Um, it's the ability to uh, to convince yourself <laughs> that you are prepared, that you are ready. And if you're not prepared or ready, then, then there's no like there's 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 hardly you know any way to focus other than you know being able to you, you know you got to convince yourself like hey what I did is enough like I'm qualified to be here in this moment um, that's what I've come to find the most uh, practical way to go about it is, is is to allow yourself to feel qualified um, which is it's so hard uh, for anybody I mean we we kind of have this uh, mentality a lot of times like. I don't think that, you know, pride is always this cocky, arrogant, like in your face um, type of, um, you know, type of persona. I think that pride actually comes most most commonly among people in this thing that I call false humility. And it's this thing that tells you, um, well, I'm not I'm not I'm not ready for this. I'm not. I'm not qualified for that. that. That couldn't be me. I couldn't do that because only a certain percentage of people ever make it there or, you know, whatever that is, whatever that excuse is that allows you to back out of, um, back out of that challenge or back out of that fight. Um, that's what I would call false humility. And, and so if you have that, or that sounds like something that resonates with you, that's something that you have to work on, on really getting out of your system, like because there's no room for it. There's no room for it um, in being world class. Um, and that, that to me, if you can root that out, your focus will will always be on point. Um, because I would rather be. And this just isn't my nature, uh, but I've almost had to make it more my nature uh, the past like two and a half, three years is, you know, learning how to, um, convince yourself that you are enough. Sometimes you sound cocky. Sometimes you sound arrogant. Sometimes like it's going to put people off and they're going to, you know, not always be on board with, you know, the way you handle yourself. But if you, if you are true to yourself and you know, you know, the individual that you are, um, you know, you'll be able to, You'll be able to walk in a swagger and a confidence that is real and authentic, and people will come to appreciate that. Um, you know, no matter what you think uh, about LeBron James, it's really funny. So many people hate LeBron James, and you know, I, I admit, like I was one of those people that didn't like LeBron James for a while, just because you know you think, wow, he's he's physically gifted in every way, and he is just kind of like people sometimes think it's just him. You know, like, you know, if I had those, if I had everything that he had, then I would tell, I would be just as good as LeBron. Well, you know what? Like, I would argue that that's not the case because, um, I've come to learn, you know, more recently the, what LeBron James puts himself through mentally in order to train for, um, for his craft, because even being six, eight and 265 pounds and less than 10% body fat, does not get you to um, a point of complete dominance. Uh, as 
I mean, it might at a YMCA basketball game, like a, <laughs> you know, at a church league softball game. Yeah, of course. But when you're training, when you're with the best in the, in the world, and you're going against other guys that, I mean, other guys in the NBA are mentally sharp too. And they believe that they're the best and they believe that they're out there for a reason. So even when they're going against LeBron James, he's going against the best competition in the world and yet he still dominates. And that's because he has convinced himself that he is the best basketball player to ever play the game. Now, you may not agree with that, but you're not going to convince him otherwise. And so just I think I think this is for me what um, what nails it down. Um, this this analogy right here and so i'm gonna leave you guys with that and and let that kind of kind of marinate and um i really just believe once again that focus is a byproduct of of confidence and, and if you have that confidence you're gonna you're gonna be able to focus and if not um then it's gonna it's always gonna be a challenge Absolutely. Well, Cam, thank you. Thank you so much for your time, um, for sharing your stories and, and your insights on everything. And again, just uh, stressing the importance of that notion of what's important now, right? And where we put our put our attention grows and to really focus on putting that on things that are going to manifest in productivity, our, our preparation, yeah. the people that we put ourselves around, the character that we instill within ourselves, and then just our daily habits of discipline and excellence that again will translate to productivity on the field, on the court, in the in the courtroom, in the business, in the in the boardroom, and you know, in, in our homes and families as well. So, Cam, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks, Amber. It was a pleasure to be on the call. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, bye. Cam McDaniels, ladies and gentlemen, what a guy. It's always so good to talk to him. So thanks again, Cam, for your time there. And just incredible, again, insight on intentional control and the, and the impact that that has on who we are and how we show up in these different situations. You know, I love that Cam mentioned, you know, it's okay. It's okay that we get distracted. But how we respond to that distraction is what's most important. And this topic of you know, attentional control, again, building block five of season one of building championship mindsets, the podcast season one is called building your mental performance foundation. And it's my eight session foundational mental performance training program that I'm giving little overviews on every building block that I train individuals and teams on and, and then getting some powerful examples of people who have trained, deliberately trained and managed their mindsets in different domains of their life to drive performance. And as Cam mentioned, he and I worked together several years ago when he was prepping for his pro day and combine and he's gone through in depth this foundational mindset or foundational mental performance training program and he's really incorporated it into every aspect of his life and as you heard this principle this win principle of what's important now from coach Holtz has really been powerful in helping him manage those distractions in his life to to lock in and to focus and to bring his best self to everything he does whether it's combine training or, you know, playing with Montreal or raising his little girl, Emery, or being the best husband he can to his wife, Stephanie. He understands the value of this mental training. And so your championship mindset training for building block five is just that 
practice using the win principle. And look at this again in relation to your life at large. What's important now for you to be engaged in? If you're a freshman in college, what's important now for you is to start building great relationships, right? And to understand all of the resources that you have at your disposal as a student and get involved in those and start leveraging them. If you're a senior in college, what's important now is very different for you because you you have to prepare. I mean, you've been preparing for your next step in life, hopefully. But right now, you're you really need to focus in and lock in on what is that next step going to look like. Um, you know, if you're if you're newly married, what's important now? If you're a CEO of a large company and you're looking at your competitive landscape, what's important now for you to be positioning your company in a way that you can be adaptive moving into the future and competitive? Um, uh, you know, in your in your industry, what's important now for us, broadly speaking, in the life, but then also what's important now, day to day, moment by moment, start practicing asking yourself that question. Because again, the answer to that question is always to where your attention and focus should be directed to bring your mind right into the present moment to execute, to perform. It's been so awesome, again, sharing Building Block 5 with you, and I just want to encourage you, um, if you haven't already, if you could head over to iTunes and rate and review us, I would really, really appreciate that. That's huge for us being able to reach more people and, again, train others in how their mind works and how they can start to use and use it to position them to be successful in all domains of their life. So, again, it's greatly appreciated if you could rate and review us. And then you can check us out. Our website is www.latinerperformancegroup.com. And I am on Twitter at, at Champ Mindsets. That's Mindsets with an S. And I will for sure follow back. But feel free to tweet out your thoughts and reactions to the podcast. And, again, just share this, share this info because there's a lot of people out there that don't understand the power of their mind and how mindsets can really shift the trajectory of our lives and continue moving us forward. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Latner, and from the locker room to the boardroom, I challenge you to continue building your championship mindset.